Let's see. What's new? What's good? I find we went oh, apple what? picking. <laughs> yeah, we went apple picking. Yeah, that was fun. That was. I when you had left because we were there close to close, so uh-huh. you went to the house and the house where you buy things. What is that called? Yes. A store. A store. <laughs> <laughs> You went, you went to the store and I wanted to grab a few more apples off of the tree because mm-hmm. there was a there was a breed or a, t- a species uh-huh. <laughs> last year that I liked uh-huh. that I hadn't that we hadn't gotten to yet okay. this year and it was the empire apples and I also forgot what the name was so that's oh. why I needed to walk through uh-huh. and see them but then by the time Zeth and I found them I was like we just got to pick and go let's do this <laughs> but I kept getting stabbed in the ribs by the tree because I was like, that one I want. And then I'd reach up and be like, ah, it doesn't want me to take its babies. <laughs> I was being so dramatic. Yeah, you were. I heard a little bit of what was going on. I was like, what are they? I don't, I don't have time for this. I got to go get more apples. Apples are delightful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make apple pie filling, which I'm pretty mm. stoked about, and some applesauce. Ooh. And we're gonna we're gonna have apples and cheese when we have our Halloween party. That's such a Midwest thing. Apples and cheese? Yeah. It's I'm fucking, sorry. It's I'm French. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Keeks is sick today, so she's she's There's a little gonna, like <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of extra heavy breathing because I can't do it through my nose. <laughs> We've got a mouth breather over here. <laughs> There's going to be some sniffling and some coughing. That's cool. And you know what? That tis the season. Tis the season. Not for me. I don't remember most of yesterday. Um, <laughs> I remember parts of it because I got my crown prep yesterday. Mm-hmm. But because I get so nervous going to the dentist, he was like, okay, you need to fucking calm down because it's not safe for me to give you the numbing agent and stuff if your blood pressure is too high. Yeah. And it always is when I go. And so last time I was there and didn't get it prepped, he was like, I'm just going to prescribe you a little something. Mm-hmm. Take it before you come. Like, you'll feel a little loopy. It'll, like, relax you. You'll be fine. Well, I took it yesterday um, to go to my appointment. Mm-hmm. Got everything done, but it took like three hours to kick in. To or ki- the nut. It, it took a hot hours. minute, so it was it was a time. Mm-hmm. It was just a time, but everything is situated. I got two tiny little fillings done, <laughs> and I got my crown prepped. But then I had look, nobody cares. But I had to do like four impressions because it's got rough margins. I'm just telling you this. <laughs> Danny can take this out because nobody is gonna understand. Except the two other people at work who listen to this. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Boy howdy, that's the 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 sleepy meds. Yeah. Put me right to bed last night and was all like woo. And had she me. Went- <laughs> You went apple picking high <laughs> on that on those yes, meds. I sure did. You were gonna drive to Hood River, yeah, and then right before we left, you like <laughs> stumbled into the fence. Yes, <laughs> I don't know. Yo, you didn't remember that? You stumbled into the fence, and I was like, um, with your keys in your hand, and I was like, um, Cassie's not driving, right? <laughs> and I was like, who's driving? Who? Not Cassie. <laughs> That's right. 
And, and so, so da- Danny drove. <laughs> so Danny drove. Tyler sat in the back seat, and I napped in and out a little bit on the way there. <laughs> I like to. We got had walkie talkies in our cars, and I like to imagine that whenever Cassie came to, a song was on, and she just. <laughs> turned on the walkie-talkie and then would sing to us in the, our other car. <laughs> Is that was, what happened? It was good. A little bit. Yeah, I think so. Good times. Mm-hmm. Fun fun times with friends. Yep. <laughs> Which is what? Our... High as a fucking kite. <laughs> Picking apples in the river. <laughs> Two people were sick. <laughs> uh, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hello everyone. Hello. Hi guys. This is that uh, Broad Scott Moxie. It sure is. I'm sick. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Kiana's sick. That's me. Cassie's good. Cassie got twelve hours of sleep last night <laughs> and is perky and peppy and I have to go pick up my tulips today because I bought over a hundred tulip bulbs. Oh my god, you're going out to Woodland? We're going to, yeah, to Woodburn today to pick up bulbs. That's why we're only recording one episode this morning, because <laughs> I was like, I got shit to do. I got barrels to drill holes in. I don't know if you saw my giant whiskey see, barrels outside. Yeah, I didn't see those. <laughs> and I got to go pick up tulip bulbs and plant them. It's not really in the season for them. Yes, it is. Is you're it suppo- tulip season? Yeah, you're, you're supposed to plant them in the fall, so they winter over, and then they... Pop up in the spring. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Schooling you. You are. Mm-hmm. Consider me schooled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying you. <laughs> That's some bullshit. I require tuition. <laughs> okay. Enough of this. What, what episode is this? Who what is? time is it? Who are we? Who are we? Am I going first? So it's 37. No, it's not. Is it? Yeah. God damn it. Every time. I understand <laughs> you do even you do odds and I do evens, but I was really ready to go first this time because I thought it was episode thirty six and it's not, and I'm butthurt because now I have to sit and wait and well, not talk again. Well, we're recording only one today, so next time we record, you'll go first. Yeah, for the first time in thirty seven episodes. <laughs> Untrue. <laughs> Untrue. I will not. I will not have this falsehood spread live on the air (laughs) we're recording live oh my god can you imagine live in front of a live studio audience oh danny's here by the way (laughs) yeah she's forgotten she's always here anyways it's my turn to go okay so i'm going to start okay today i'm gonna talk to you wait it's super spooky october still yeah so we're three weeks into spooky october Mm mm-hmm so this is going to be someone spooky, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you today about Baba Yaga. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. Uh, my sources were historicmysteries.com, ancientorigins.net, we love a .net, mm. and creativespirits.net, we love a .net, Ooh. and sacredtext.com. Oh. Okay. Two .nets. I, Two. Feel, I feel good about this. Yeah. No Wikipedia, because fuck you, Sage. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Bang. Okay. So, Baba Yaga is a well-known witch from Slavic folklore, and she resembles witches from other traditions, but is, in many ways is unique. Andreas John, who wrote the book Baba Yaga, the Ambiguous Mother and Witch of Russian Folktale, claims that Baba Yaga is, quote, 
one of the most memorable and distinctive figures in Eastern European folklore, and further claims that she is, quote, a many-faceted figure capable of inspiring researchers to see her as a cloud, moon, death, winter, snake, bird, pelican, or earth goddess. (laughs) Well, shit. (laughs) Everywhere you look, Baba Yaga. (laughs) If you've ever seen John Wick... Just, we were talking about John Wick yesterday, and I wanted to talk about this. He has the nickname Baba Yaga, and in the movie, they translate the term to boogeyman. Okay. However, this is wildly incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the Slavic langu- language that is re- referenced, Baba typically translates to old woman, grandmother, sorceress, or hag, uh-huh. and Yaga has less of a clear translation and translates to several different things. It means horror, horror and shudder in Serbian and Croatian, anger in Slovenian, witch in Old Czech, wicked wood nymph in modern Czech, witch and fury in Polish, disease and illness in Old Church Slavonic, to abuse, to belittle, or to exploit in Lithuanian, pain or worry in Old Norse, and serpent or snake in Sanskrit. So, bad, bad all around. Bad across yeah. the board. But... Starts with Baba, so that means woman. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. kind of lady. <laughs> so regardless of translation, John Wick needs a new nickname because I don't think Angry Grandma was really the vibe they were going for. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, I don't know if they had any Russian writers in the room, oh, but they should have. <laughs> they should have. For real. Maybe we should check that next time, everyone, before yeah. we go calling Keanu Reeves. Angry Grandma. Angry, angry Grandma. Maybe, maybe go back to Grandma it. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. In John Wick 4, they got to address. Hmm. Why are you coughing? I'm sick. Because I'm, I don't know. I have to cough. <coughs> okay. So I Eve- sound sick. You don't. <laughs> I sound sick. No, I sound sick. You don't. I mean, you're talking a little bit like this, but. Excuse me. <laughs> this bitch. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so even though Baba Yaga is hella old, the first written reference to her was in 1755 in a book called Russian Grammar. That's the cat. Don't worry. <laughs> in, a, in a book called Russian Grammar by Mikhail W. Lomonosov. Good job. That was pretty good. That just rolled right off. <laughs> I just really gave it. I, I just let all my inhibitions go and read it. <laughs> and that's Solid. what a professional does. <laughs> exactly. In the book, she is mentioned on a list of Slavic gods and beings next to their presumed Roman equivalents. Okay. So, like, the god Perun is equal to the god Jupiter, mm-hmm. which, of course, is Zeus because the Romans stole from the Greeks. Yep. I digress. Um, however, on the list, Baba Yaga has no counterpart. So it seems as though she is uniquely Slavic and not based on anything from the outside world. Interesting. Yeah. The most common portrayal of Baba Yaga is either one old woman or a trio of old witches, sister, witch sisters. Oh, like the witches in Macbeth. Yes, exactly. But the latter is less common. Okay. However, in almost all stories, she is depicted as skinny with iron teeth. (gasps) That fucking iron thing. Yeah. Weird. We should look into that. We really should. Let's, we'll, we'll do some Googling later. Yeah. Okay. Where was I? Okay. 
Oh, oh, oh. However, in almost all stories, she is depicted as skinny with iron teeth and a nose so long that it touches the ceiling when she sleeps. That's a big nose. Yeah. With this enormous nose. (laughs) (laughs) For anybody who couldn't hear that, Danny just said same and pointed to herself, which is not true. Your nose is not nearly as long as Baba Yaga's. Thank goodness. Make things weird. So with this enormous nose, she consents and often mentions the Russian scent of her visitors. Oh, I was going to say, did she just say, I smell children? <laughs> no. She, she only smells Russians. Russians just she, Russians. she doesn't smell age. <laughs> She's like, smell rye bread. Mm, I, yes, they must be around here somewhere. <laughs> Every single body part of hers, including her eyes, ears, feet, hands, and mouth, are grotesque and deformed. Excuse me. <laughs> was that a phone? Was that a phone that I just heard in the middle of my story? Yes. Yes, it was. Oh, my God. It was a text message. How dare. The level of unprofessionalism. Hold on, Far just, too much. I'm just going to keep being unprofessional <laughs> and reply to this really quick. Well, I'm going to keep talking. Okay. So... Where was I? Every single body part of hers, including her eyes, ears, feet, hands, and mouth, are grotesque and deformed. And in stories, heroes usually encounter her in her hut, stretching across an enormous cooking stove, which reaches from one side of the hut to the other, emphasizing her size. So she's a long bitch. She's a long bitch. She's a long bitch. A particular emphasis may be placed by some narrators on the repulsiveness of her nose, breasts, buttocks, or vagina. Because why not? What? I don't know. No! <laughs> why i don't know (laughs) clearly written by a man clearly because it's like what's how can i make a woman disgusting ah she's not even fuckable oh gross vagina (laughs) (laughs) got teeth she's got teeth made of iron we can look past that but if her vagina or her butt is wrong not for me monster monster straight monster that's terrible yeah it is. I mean, they always make, like, scary, like, women, ooh, mm-hmm. ugly. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, can you imagine an ugly woman? Right. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> my next paragraph is, speaking of her hut, <laughs> I didn't say anything about her hut in her person. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of her hut, Baba Yaga has a chicken-legged hut that wanders around the forest, so she is never caught. I remember that part of the story. (laughs) I don't remember the vagina or the butt part, but I do remember her chicken-legged hut that walks around. (laughs) Picturing it is very funny. (laughs) It it is. Um, when When they choose a place to settle on for a bit, the hut just continues to turn like it never stops moving. Like, just in circles? Yeah. Like oh, it's that's like, creepy. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that at all. And I read, <laughs> I didn't write this down, but I read one article that was like, the hut's shy, so it doesn't like to be seen, so that's why it's always moving. <laughs> okay. The fence that surrounds her house is made up of human bones and has a skull placed on top of each fence post. Oh. And when she needs to get around without her house, she rides on a mortar and pestle. Which I think is a fun deviation <laughs> from the normal witch story. That must be the biggest mortar and pestle you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Also, um, quick question. Those are two separate things. Are they stuck together? Well, 
I'm Does glad she- you asked okay. because I have an answer. Perfect. So she sits herself down in the bowl, aka the mortar, and then no, it's oh, not an ore. Dang it! But she uses the the pestle, uh-huh. the smashy thingy, uh-huh. as a rudder. So it's like a <laughs> boat. <laughs> so that's how she steers. <laughs> oh my god, this is so good. Uh, in it's other stories, <laughs> right? That it's those are two very, heavy things. They're very. There's yeah. She's a it's the whole point. Is for she's smashing. a yoked young lady. She's not young. No. She's a yoked old woman. Oh, yeah, she is. <laughs> Jesus. In stories, on, in other stories, sometimes though she's seen on a broom or a mop. But personally, I think the mortar and pestle is the funniest <laughs> representation. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna stick with that one. Somebody create this, please. <gasps> she is like Billy in the Bull. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Billy in the Bull is a serial killer in yeah. Ireland or England yeah. who got around in his bowl and in like a stick that uh-huh. <laughs> yep. he got around town. He just rode his way in a bowl, mm-hmm. murdered a bunch of people. Yeah. There's a really hilarious fucking episode of My Favorite yeah. Murder about Billy in the Bull. Karen Kilgariff just, she loses her shit laughing a couple times. <laughs> it's just like goals. Now, Baba Yaga possesses many contradictory qualities, and so to say she's definitely evil or definitely good is impossible. Mm. Although she is quite ruthless and vile, she is also. M- <coughs> Sorry, I misspelled a word. <laughs> I meant to write benevolent, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I wrote beneficial, which is not the right word. (laughs) Nope. Uh, She's also quite benevolent. Benevolent. (laughs) She's also quite... Leave all of this in. (laughs) Somebody needs to take this one down a peg or two. They need to know she can't say benevolent. (laughs) She's also quite benevolent. Benevolent. seems like you're doing this on purpose but i know you're not and that makes it so much funnier <laughs> benevolent there you go <laughs> she is also quite benevolent did i say it wrong yeah no you said it right that <laughs> okay. time okay benevolent and kind we're moving past this <laughs> she controls all of the elements of nature like mother earth and she can be quite motherly at times but sometimes she's not baba is omniscient she knows all things and re- will reveal anything to the person that she's trying to help or hurt oh. if they're worthy. Okay. Uh, the kind-hearted, noble, virtuous, and heroic people that come in contact with her will receive gifts from her, while those without these qualities are swiftly dealt, wi- dealt with. A.K.A. Dead. Eaten. Oh, okay. Yeah, she eats them. Oh, she eats them. Yeah. She's a cannibal. Well, is she human? Mm. No, guess not. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. That was a genuine question. (laughs) Um, She's a mysterious woman, but overall, the moral to her stories always seem to be those who possess a loving and honorable heart can overcome evil. Mm -hmm. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Now all that's out of the way, I'm going to tell you one of the stories that she's featured in. Now, I was going to tell you the story of Valesia the Beautiful, which is like their Cinderella, but like a little more... A little darker. A little darker. Uh But it was like 12 pages long, so we're going to not do that. All right, nix that one. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you the story. And when I read it, it was just called Baba Yaga. 
Uh, but it's essentially like the Russian Hansel and Gretel. Oh, okay. And I shall begin. Everyone settle in. We're having story time now. Somewhere, I cannot tell you exactly where, but certainly in vast Russia, there lived a peasant and his wife, and they had twins, a son and a daughter. One day, the wife died, and the husband mourned over her very sincerely for a long time. One year passed, and two years, and even longer. But there is no order in a house without a woman. And a day came (laughs) when the man thought, if I marry again, possibly, it would turn out all right. And so he did, and had children by his second wife. The stepmother was envious of the stepson and daughter, and began to use them hardly. She scolded them without any reason, sent them away from home as often as she wished, and gave them scarcely enough to eat. Finally, she wanted to get rid of them altogether. Do you know what it means to allow a wicked thought to enter one's heart? The wicked thought grows all the time, like a poisonous plant, and slowly kills the good thoughts. Oh. A wicked feeling was growing in the stepmother's heart, and she was determined to send the children to the witch thinking, sure enough, they would never return. Dear children, <laughs> she said to the orphans. Yay voices. <laughs> Go to my god. <laughs> this is not Russian at all, but keep going. Go to my grandmother who lives in the forest in a hut on hen's feet. You will do everything she wants you to, and she will give you sweet things to eat, and you will be happy. The orphans started out, but instead of going to the witch, the sister, a bright little girl, took her brother by the hand and ran to their old, old grandmother and told her about their going to the house. Oh, my poor darlings, said the good old grandmother, pitying the children. My heart aches for you, but it is not in my power to help you. You have to go not to a loving grandmother, but to a wicked witch. Now listen to me, my darlings, she continued. I will give you a hint. Be good. Nope. Be kind and good (laughs) to everyone. (laughs) Do not speak ill words towards anyone. Do not despise helping the weakest. And always hope that for you too, there will be help needed help. (laughs) I started laughing. And when I laughed, my eyes closed. (laughs) (laughs) The old good grandmother gave the children some delicious fresh milk to drink and to each a big slice of ham. She also gave them some cookies, and when the children departed, she stood looking after them a long, long time. The obedient children arrived at the forest, and oh wonder, there stood a hut, and what a curious one. It stood on tiny hen's feet, (laughs) and at the top was a rooster's head. I have two questions. (laughs) Listen, just just look. Okay, so... How many hen's feet are we talking about? Like, is it like two, like normal sized, tiny little chicken feet with a huge hut sitting on top of it? Or is it like thousands of tiny chicken feet that all have to move at the same time for this house to move? I'm very confused. In the pictures that I saw, it was, it was too big. Big hen's feet. See, that's what I imagined when you first said it. But just now when you said tiny chicken feet, I was I, like, that's, that's, I didn't write the story. I'm just telling it. it. Okay. So many questions. If anybody Maybe. can answer that, please let me know. <laughs> or draw us a picture. That would work too. God. Where was I before you? Okay. Chicken, a roo- rooster on the, on the roof. Yeah. Sometimes it has a rooster head. Sometimes it doesn't. 
I love that this witch just lives inside of a a chicken, a chicken, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> with a with a house shaped body. <laughs> but that's a really loud wake up call. That's, <laughs> literally, you're like you're inside it. <laughs> Ew. That's how loud it is. <clears throat> Back to the story. Mm-hmm. With their shrill, childish voices, they called out, "Abushka, Abushka, turn thy back to the forest and thy front to us." The hut did as they commanded. Oh. Because it, it was turning. And so oh, they wanted yeah, it to right. stop so they could get in. The hut did as they commanded. The two orphans looked inside and saw the witch resting there, her head near the threshold, one foot in one corner and the other foot in another corner, and her knees quite close to a ridged pole. I don't know why. Okay. Foul, 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 claimed the witch. I feel the Russian spirit. <laughs> the children... <laughs> The children were afraid and stood close, very close together. But in spite of their fear, they said very politely, Ho, grandmother. I forgot what voice I picked for them. Ho, grandmother. Our stepmother sent us to thee to serve thee. All right. I am not opposed to keeping you, children. If you satisfy all my wishes, I shall reward you. If not, I shall eat you up. Oh, which what an ultimatum. Look, I mean, at least she's forward about it. She's not beating around the bush. <laughs> That's true. She's Grandma's like, bush. fuck up and I'm going to put you in a soup. <laughs> <laughs> or just dry roast. Nice dry rub. Mm-hmm. Without any delay, the witch ordered the girl to spin the thread and the boy, her brother, to carry water in a sieve to fill a big tub. The poor orphan girl wept at her spinning wheel and wiped away her bitter tears. At once... All around her appeared small mice squeaking and saying, Sweet girl. No, that's my grandma. Yeah. How do I, how do I, I don't know. Squeak. Squeaker, squeak, squeakins. (laughs) (laughs) Translates to. (laughs) Sweet girl, do not cry. Give us cookies and we will help thee. The little girl willingly did so. Now, gratefully squeaked the mice, go find the black cat. He is very hungry. Give him a slice of ham, and he will help thee. Oh. The girl speedily went in search of the cat and saw her brother in great distress about the tub. So many times he had filled the sieve, yet the tub was still dry. I was just going to say, why is he trying to carry water in a fucking strainer? <laughs> it's not going to work. That's she. The witch gi- Baba Yaga gives impossible tasks. Yeah. And okay. that's his little... Anyways. Okay. Maybe. Tub was still dry. Okay. L- the little birds passed, flying nearby, and chirped to the children. <laughs> I'm running out of voices. <laughs> tweet, 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 tweet. Translates to. <laughs> Kind-hearted ch- little children, give us some crumbs and we will advise you. The orphans gave the birds some crumbs, and the grateful birds chirped again. Some clay and water, dear children. Because mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. fill the holes. Mm-hmm. Then away they flew through the air. The children understood the hint, spat in the sieve, plastered it up with clay, and filled the tub in a very short time. No. They have water with them. He's trying to fill a tub with yeah, water. So why spit <laughs> and they in decided it? to spit in That's it. That's a lot of spit to make clay wet. Yeah. Ugh. Mm. Mm. They both returned to the hut and on the threshold met the black cat. They generously gave him some of the good ham, which their good grandmother had given them petted him, and asked, Dear kitty cat, black and pretty, tell us what to do in order to get away from thy mistress, the witch. Well, 
very seriously answered the cat. <laughs> I will give you a towel and a comb, and then you must run away. When you hear the witch running after you, drop the towel behind your back, and a large river, river will appear in the place of the towel. Oh, shit. If you hear her once more, throw down the comb, and in place of the comb, there will appear a dark wood. This wood will protect you from the wicked witch, my mistress. Baba Yaga came home just then. Real quick, this is a pretty ungrateful fucking cat. Uh, uh. Oh. You fucking wait a second. Oh, shit. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Don't judge this cat. Also, Listen, like I'm very he, rarely I on like cat side. He's a pretty kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you being so rude to him? Well, because he's like, look, I don't know. <laughs> Carry on, please. What voice did I do for Baba Yaga? I'm bad at storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> is it not wonderful? She thought, everything is exactly That's not right. Baba Yaga. <laughs> well, now it fucking is. <laughs> it's now, okay. Well, she said to the children, today you were brave and smart. Let us see tomorrow. Your work will be more difficult and I hope I shall eat you up. And then we're going to go on a 1940s talk show. <laughs> And we're going to bet on the ponies in the race. <laughs> what were we saying the other day when we did the Jane Girl? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It was after we saw it in the Heights. Yeah. I don't remember what you guys were talking about, though. Because I couldn't pull it together and pull out my 1940s radio voice. Um, Judah Garland. <laughs> listen here, I see. <laughs> There's a lot of listen here, sees. Uh, okay, anyway, sorry. <laughs> the poor orphans went to bed. Not a warm bed prepared by loving hands, but on the straw in a cold corner. Mm. Nearly scared to death from fear, they lay there, afraid to talk, afraid even to breathe. The next morning, the witch ordered all the linen to be woven and a large supply of firewood to be brought from the forest. The children took the towel and comb and ran away as fast as their feet could possibly carry them. The dogs were after them, but they threw them the cookies that were left. The gates did not open themselves, but the children smoothed them with oil. The birch tree near the path almost scratched their eyes out, but the gentle girl fastened a pretty butt ribbon to it. So they went farther and farther and ran out of the dark forest into the wide, sunny fields. The cat sat down by the loom and tore the thread to pieces, doing it with delight. <laughs> Baba Yaga returned. <laughs> Where are the children? She shouted and began to beat the cat. Why hast thou let them go, thou treacherous cat? Why hast thou not scratched their faces? Is the this cat Zachary Banks? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Fits the description. It does. <laughs> the cat answered. Witch hating. You know, sorry. Continue. Black and My pretty. Yeah. Black and pretty. The cat answered. Well, it was... Oh, wait, hold on. The cat answered. Well... It was because I have served thee so many years, and thou hast never given me a bite, while the dear children gave me some good ham. Oh! The witch scolded the dogs, the gates, and the birch tree near the path. Well, the dogs barked, thou certainly art our mistress, but thou hast never done us a favor, and the orphans were kind to us. The gates replied, we were always ready to obey thee, but thou didst neglect us <laughs> and the dear children smoothed us with oil the children ran away as fast as their feet could possibly carry them the birch tree lisped with its leaves 
Thou hast never put a simple thread over my branches, and the little darlings adored me with a pretty ribbon. Aww, what a nice tree. <laughs> Baba Yaga understood that there was no help and started to follow the children herself. In a great hurry, she forgot to look for the towel and the comb, but jumped on her mortar and pestle and was off. <laughs> the children heard her coming and threw the towel behind them. At once, river, wide and blue, appeared and watered the field. Baba Yaga hopped along the shore until she finally found a shallow place and crossed it, which... She's in a full-ass mortar and pestle flying through the air? Yeah! Why did she need to go down (laughs) cross the river that way? Anyways. (laughs) Also, that shit's gonna sink if it gets in the water. That's true. She's not rowing it like a boat. Also, does she carry it across? For me, I don't understand any of this. (laughs) Fucking fairy tales. Anyways... Again, the children heard her hurry after them, and so they threw down the comb. This time, a forest appeared, a dark and dusky forest in which the roots were interwoven, the branches matted together, and the treetops touching each other. The witch tried very hard to pass through, but in vain, and so, very, very angry, she returned home. The orphans rushed to their father, told him all about their great distress, and thus concluded their pitiful story. Ah, dear father... Why dost thou love us less than our brothers and sisters? <gasps> oh, shit. <laughs> the father was touched and became angry. He sent the wicked stepmother away and lived a, li- a new life with his good children. <laughs> From that time, he watched over their happiness and never le- le- neglected them anymore. How do I know this story is true? Why? One was there who told me about it. <laughs> and that's that. <laughs> And that's that. So the moral of the story is, children, if your fathers got remarried, <laughs> run out in the woods, come, come up back, with, come up with a crazy fucking story, and then he'll be like, "Oh, I see the error of my way." <laughs> um, but Baba Yaga was clearly evil in that one. In the in the Russian Cinderella story that mm-hmm. I wanted to tell, that was twelve pages long. Uh-huh. She was the godmother. I was going to say, she's like the fairy godmother in that one. Yeah. and But then, keep it on track, because she's still evil. Yeah. Instead of, you know how, like, the wicked stepmother and the stepchildren are like, we're yeah, yeah. still poor and da da yeah. the American one? Baba Yaga just burns them to, like, a crisp. Oh, my God. <laughs> in that story. Holy shit. So, it was like, well, she's kind of good, because she saves Velicia, whatever mm-hmm. her name is. But she also just killed three people. <laughs> Not great. Not anyway, great. that's Baba Yaga. I love Baba Yaga. What a great story. Some questionable things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really just stuck on the chicken feet. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> like, I can't get past it. I like thinking about the mortar and pestle. The mortar. Yeah. Both of those details are just... I did see one picture of her riding a mortar, mortar and pestle, but it was just the pestle, and she was, like, sort of sat on top of it. Yeah. Which is weird, but not, like, riding, like, a broom. Like, it was vertical. Just like, like she's riding side saddle? No, it was vertical. No. No! And she sat on top of it, so there was, like, <laughs> it was, like, come, it was, yeah. That seems highly inappropriate. <laughs> and Dick <laughs> Danny, why'd you have to hit us with the dick bicycle? <laughs> um, this is our live. I'm telling you, fucking, that song has 
changed me. <laughs> and now everything in life is a dick bicycle. <laughs> uh, bad day, dick bicycle. Okay. Here we go. So, look, I hate to do this to you, mm-hmm. but the other day... <laughs> When you tried to tell Danny yep. that you wanted to do this particular subject. Yep. And Danny was like, fuck you, Cassie's doing it. <laughs> yep. I was like, ah, oh, yes. This is what victory feels like. Because <laughs> it never happens. Did she tell you what I did afterwards? <laughs> um, no. I, what? What did I you do? I was just so dejected because I had, I read a, but, a, like, a bit about this. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you can't do it anymore. And then I just spent... Like, an hour on Amazon and, like, other websites looking up anti-griddles. <laughs> don't know why, but that really sent me into, like, a, you can't do anything now, but look at anti-griddles. I don't need one. They cost, like, a thousand dollars. What the fuck is an anti-griddle? It's like a griddle, but cold. So it's anti. Are you kidding me right now? They talk about it all the time on Chopped. And it's also, you know, rolled ice cream? Yeah. That's what they make it on. Because it's cold. So, so it's, it's, it's a big, cold piece of metal. Yeah. That you make ice cream on. Yeah. And you spent an hour on Amazon looking at these. What else was I supposed to do? <laughs> Damn. She sent you down a dark path. <laughs> I was just like, normal people don't have those. <laughs> I know, and I don't need one. And I'm not going to get you one. You can't afford one. <laughs> I can't. Shit. Uh, to be the type of person who can be like, thousand dollars on this anti-griddle i'll use once and then go well that was a lot of work for ice cream i could just go to fucking fred meyer and get some ben and jerry's right ben and jerry's if you want to sponsor us (laughs) hello hello ben and jerry's (laughs) hello ben and jerry we love your ice cream and mr jerry (laughs) anyways go ahead tell me why you know what you already know what it is because the audience kiana asked danny well told danny in fact that she was gonna do (laughs) the final girl and danny went nope sorry cassie's doing her you can't and then kiana went down a rabbit hole of anti-griddle what a dumb name i think it's pretty smart because a griddle is hot and they were like what's the opposite of this griddle anti (laughs) fair enough i suppose okay so, here we go. I'm talking about the final girl today. That's a really cute look. You look like, oh god, you look like a character in a movie. I just put a, I put my a feather in my hat and Hold called on. it Yankee Doodle. Hold on, I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> girl. That's much oh no, macaroni. Too, that's much too flamboyant for Yankee Doodle. There. Oh yeah, serve it. Serve. Oh yes, Canada's giving me all the face with the feather. Okay, we're done now. <laughs> I have to fucking do my homework. I got tulip bulbs to pick up. Let's do this. Okay, so the final girl. In the golden era of horror, we were introduced to a character who has survived every mask-wearing, machete-wielding, knife-handed maniac to be thrown at her. This beloved character is the final girl. Carol Clover, a film scholar and author, coined the term in her 1987 essay, Her Body Himself, Gender in the Slasher Film. So Clover describes this char- the character as such. Quote, she is the one who encounters the mutilated bodies of her friends and perceives the full ex- extent of the preceding horror and of her own peril. Who is chased, cornered, wounded. 
whom we see scream, stagger, fall, rise, and scream again. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) Very accurate. (laughs) Okay. So she writes more about the final girl. You are so distracting right now. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) She writes more about the final girl in her book, Men, Women, and Chainsaws, Gender in the Modern Horror Film, which was written in 1992, which I tried desperately to find. And I couldn't. Also, it's a very long book. You couldn't find it? I couldn't find it. I read the introduction to it. <laughs> That's... Um, what? Google Books? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Where was I? Okay. Look, I'm getting all these text messages about registering for voting. So, because I just got an information about it, we're going to tell everyone, register to vote. If you're not registered to vote, oh, yeah. go do it. Go do it. Because my magic phone... Sends me messages about registering to vote all the time. I am registered. I'm registered. I've been registered for ever. (laughs) But whatever. If you're not, go do it. Anyway, back to back to chainsaws. (laughs) Okay. So Clover suggested that these films are designed to align the audience, which at the time were mostly young men, Mm -hmm. not with the male tormentor, but with the female victim who finally defeats the bad guy. There's some rules. So if you if you study and watch a lot of slasher films from the 70s and 80s, which is when they were big, mm-hmm. they're coming out all the time. They're real classic. They got a lot of real good practical special mm-hmm. effects. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of lot of good blood gags. Yep. So anyway, if you watch them, you will absolutely be able to identify the rules slash like characteristics mm-hmm. of the final girl. Yes. The final girl trope. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Number one, the final girl has to be a female who is the sole survivor of the group of people who she's being chased with. So it's usually youths, the youths, <laughs> the, youths. <laughs> the youths of our um, nation, <clears throat> you know, usually, Late teens, mm-hmm. early 20s, that is the... College age. That's the demographic. Exactly. College age. So she has to be the sole survivor. Okay? Number two. She gets a final confrontation with the villain. So whether this is, like, she kills she kills the bad guy herself, mm-hmm. or she is, like, suddenly rescued at the last minute by one of the other... Like, like Danny pointed this out last night, like the heroic man who sacrifices himself so she'll live. Yeah. Or by like, a, you know, like a cop yeah. coming in and, you know, taking care of business. But she ultimately has to have a final confrontation with him. Uh, number three, she's the only one who um, survives because of her implied moral superiority. So she's the she's the one girl in the group who doesn't drink any beers around mm-hmm. the bonfire. She doesn't smoke weed or do anything else. And she's either a virgin mm-hmm. or is like chaste and won't, you know. There are people. Exactly. There's oh my God. there's people around. What if somebody sees? Oh my God. So she'll she'll like poo-poo sexual advances. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> and then I put, see the, quote, death by sex trope? 
Yep. <laughs> Which is another trope where right after sex mm-hmm. or, you know, sometimes during sex scenes, everyone involved gets viciously murdered. Mm-hmm. See Halloween. Yeah. The movie that I think about the most that has all of these tropes mm-hmm. in my mind, because it was one of the first like real scary movies that I've uh-huh. seen and I saw it far too young. Thanks, Liliana. <laughs> is <laughs> was wrong turn. Oh yes. So like the the masculine long... man who helps the final uh-huh. girl is not even a part of their group. Yep. He he was another broken down car. Yep. And then I think about this a lot because it really scarred me, but the people who were having sex, mm-hmm. the girl got mm-hmm. Uh, barbed wire in her mouth and yeah. was like pulled, dragged Ooh, backwards. God, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I've I've seen that multiple times because Liliana, <laughs> Liliana had it on in the background while she would watch <laughs> watch it. It would go between Wrong Turn and Narnia. <laughs> Holy shit, Liliana has a has a broad spectrum of interests. <laughs> she sure goddamn does. <laughs> Oh, is this Narnia? <laughs> nope. Other one. The other one that we always watch. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, some other notes on the final girl. Um, she sometimes, but not always, has, like, a unisex name. Like, Avery, Chris, or Jess are all names of three final girls from different movies. Mm-hmm. But could easily be mistaken obviously for a boy's name yeah and they're um they're sometimes portrayed as like i don't know boyish Mm -hmm. they're they're much um they're much more subdued than their other female counterparts who are like sexy and high maintenance high maintenance and but the final girl is always either a little bit boyish a little less sexy down to earth down to earth nerdy she's less desirable in one way or another mm-hmm. quote quote, quote. <laughs> sorry sorry that is not <laughs> all you nerds out there fuck you <laughs> you have to stop saying fuck you to our listeners the philippines hates us nerdy girls are gonna hate us now well i'm allowed to say that because i consider myself a nerd oh we're this huge room of nerds right now She's being belevenant. Fucking excuse me. <laughs> uh, it makes that's good. Okay. So, also occasionally the final girl will have a shared history with the killer. Mm-hmm. So, like in Halloween, it's Laurie Strode is a neighbor of you know the Myers family and in Scream I'll get there I'll get there (laughs) anyway shared history the final girl is the quote investigating consciousness of the film she moves the story forward and exhibits the intelligence curiosity and vigilance to like seek out what's happening and why and how to put a stop to it Mm -hmm. And the final girl oftentimes follows these rules, but not always. And some of those examples are like Buffy Summers mm-hmm. from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> Love that movie. <laughs> and also Sydney Prescott in Scream. Mm-hmm. Again, I'll get to Sydney because she is 
she's a fucking rule breaker is what she is. <laughs> <laughs> like, she is, but she isn't, but she is. I don't mm-hmm. know. Okay, so in the I past... <laughs> exactly. In the past 30 years or so, the term final girl has been used in, like, a much broader sense. Mm-hmm. So, outside of the slasher genre, it's applied to the women who are not necessarily, like, pure. Mm-hmm. So, we've gotten past that. It also can apply to a girl if she survives together with other people, mm-hmm. if she still falls into, you know, the other, like, certain things. The stereotypical virginal girl contrasted with her friend's promiscuity is largely out of use today, and the popularity of slasher films has declined pretty significantly, especially since the 80s. hmm I mean, now we've got everything from, like, in the 90s, it was, like, science fiction horror, which was, like, aliens and species and the faculty, which is also a great movie. Mm-hmm. And now there's, like, supernatural horror and post-apocalyptic horror and mm-hmm. things of that nature. So it's also gotten more political. It's gotten more so, like, political. like, the purge, mm-hmm. get out. Exactly. Yeah. It's more than just... Mm-hmm. And people dying. It, yeah. There's, there's like, a plot line to it and a reason behind these things. And yeah. it really does. It delves more into important topics that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the final girl trope has evolved throughout the years from the early final girls, often being the damsels in, dis- damsels in, distressed, in distress, to the more modern final girls, who are more likely to survive due to their own abilities. So now I'm just going to pepper in some of... The most famous. The most famous and the ones that I really love. Mm -hmm. Okay. First one I'm going to talk about is Sally Hardesty, who is played by Marilyn Burns from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mm. 1974. She's often been regarded as one of the earliest examples of the final girl trope. After nearly escaping the demented cannibal family, she's brought right back to the house Mm -hmm. by a truck driver working for the family. Have you ever seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No, I haven't. Holy shit. (laughs) It's a wild ride. You think... Like, she's, she's gotten help. She's in the back of a truck. Uh-huh. She's, like, laughing maniacally because she's like, oh, my God, I survived. Yeah. But then they, they end up right back mm-hmm. at Leatherface's fucking farm. And she's like, oh, my God, my nightmare is never ending. Right. It's very fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they get back to the farm. She's tied to a chair at Leatherface's dinner table. And she screams and cries at this group of crazy, you know, demented, like, deranged men. And they just, like, laugh at her. So, essentially, she watches her friends be tortured and mutilated. And all of that. Also, she's the good girl. Mm -hmm. So, she, in fact, survives. Yeah. And escapes through the field at the end of the movie. So, that's number one. Number two. One of the most iconic final girls and the reigning scream queen, mm-hmm. which is also a, a thing, mm-hmm. right, is Laurie Strode, played by the Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. in John Carpenter's 1978 slasher Halloween, which is 
pretty iconic. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So she's the nerd of her friend group. Uh, She's more concerned with homework and babysitting instead of partying with her friends Mm -hmm. on Halloween night. She, like I, like I said before, she has history with the killer because her family knew the Myers. I think they were neighbors and like family friends. Mm-hmm. So when Michael goes away because he's a crazy child mm-hmm. with problems, she knows what the fuck is up. Yes. So at one point she's babysitting, blah, blah, blah. I think she gets a weird phone call. It's been a minute since I've seen it. But she, at one point she goes to across the street to her best friend's house. Mm-hmm. And her best friend and her, the girl's boyfriend have been just mutilated. Yes. Because they had sex. Yep. They had it was, it was bad news bears. Yeah. You can't <laughs> yes. do that. Clutch your pearls, everyone. They did it. Okay. So then she's pursued by the hulking murderer and fights against Michael Myers for, like, her own survival, mm-hmm. but also to protect the children sleeping babes in the house <laughs> the wee and babes. the wee the, the sleeping wee babes in the house so she arms herself with a massive kitchen knife a phallic weapon which mm-hmm. must be thrust into its victims <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other fucking can of worms that we're not going to open today <laughs> and turns to violence in self-defense all to no avail mm-hmm. <laughs> despite being stabbed and falling out of a second-story window, Michael is nowhere to be found when the police arrive. Mm-hmm. So, again, she kind of survives on her own, but also the police arrive and, oh, we're here to save the day. Yeah. But, poof, Michael's gone. He's not laying on the fucking front yard where he's supposed yeah. to be. I mean, how could you have a sequel if he died? Exactly. And then I wrote, and that's why there are so goddamn many <laughs> Halloween sequels. <laughs> Also, side note, Jamie Lee Curtis, who has been in Halloween 1, mm-hmm. Halloween 2, mm-hmm. Halloween H20, mm-hmm. and then two others. Yeah. And the Activia, Activia yogurt commercials. And the Activia. <laughs> Very important. She's got them good guts, girl. <laughs> she's regular. <laughs> she, she's super regular. Her mother, Janet Lee, mm-hmm. was the... She's not the final girl. She's the the woman who gets murdered in Psycho in the famous shower scene. Oh, so oh, first generation scream queen, scream queen, scream queen. <laughs> Leave that in. Shut she up, benevolent left in scream queen. <laughs> first generation scream queen begat second generation scream queen which is really fascinating does jamie lee curtis have a daughter better get to screaming yeah no kidding i can't remember i think she does though oh anyway <laughs> she does um, scream yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i just it's very interesting and i just think that's a that's really cool that that's like something that they share yeah okay then Ginny field is the next one she's played by amy Steele. In Friday the 13th, part two, which is a garbage movie <laughs> after <laughs> after the really fucking incredible, wonderful Friday the 13th, the OG, mm-hmm. because spoiler alert, Jason's not this the killer in Friday the 13th, part one. Mm. It's Mrs. Voorhees. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it that the that should have been that should in my opinion <laughs> honestly it could have just been a standalone movie and would have been really great because it's so unexpected mm-hmm. but how but do you make money exactly you make 30 goddamn jason movies yeah you put them in space you put him you put him against michael myers <laughs> against predator i don't know does he go against predator he probably does Freddy. oh yeah and freddie okay so anyway Ginny is great as a final girl because this is one of the first times that the final girl uses her her real problem solving skills mm-hmm. she uses her because, noggin she uses her noggin because she dresses up as jason's dead mother like puts on one of her sweaters and starts yelling at jason and berating him mm-hmm. and calls him like a bad son and stuff like that and he is like <laughs> soup's confused he's like you're dead. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Uh, so anyway, so she survives. And again, surprise, so does Jason. Yeah. Hence the 20 movies. Okay, so a little further into the 80s, we have Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. So Sarah Connor is a timid young woman for the most part in the first half of the movie, The Terminator. Yes. Right? Okay. So... She learns about the Terminator, and then he has come for her. Uh Okay. Again, it's been a long time since I've seen Terminator. But by the end of the film, when it's down to her versus the Terminator, she's become this badass bitch, and she lures the Terminator into a hydraulic press Uh and crushes it. I like watching hydraulic press videos on instagram yeah it's like your <laughs> asmr yeah those are really good <laughs> so now i'm just going to imagine arnold with Arnie. exactly <laughs> just i'll be back <laughs> just being crushed into a cube mm-hmm. and so she's the final girl she's i think she's the first girl to survive a robot mm. it, you know what i'm like or terminator terminator in that sense and then by the second film she's she's become like a real hard ass almost to the extent of like she's losing a little bit of human humanity how's karma treating you (laughs) over there shut up (laughs) all right moving a little bit further ahead we have nancy thompson who is played by heather langenkamp and she's in a nightmare on elm street Mm-hmm. And A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Both <laughs> ideal, iconic movies. I love them. Danny hates them. So we don't watch them. <laughs> and we don't watch them together. <laughs> they are uh, not on the list of 31 movies to watch. <laughs> but you bet your ass that I will be watching them by myself. <laughs> have you listened to the Will Smith song about that movie? Yes, I have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For all our listeners out there, if you haven't heard it, go ahead and give it a quick go, listen. Yeah, yes, please do. Just it's Will solid. Smith, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's brilliant. Okay. <laughs> Nancy has often been regarded as one of the most influential horror movie heroines. She is one tough cookie. So, she is Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, but make it terrifying. <laughs> yes. So make make Home Alone into a horror movie, basically. Mm-hmm. So she watches her friends die, 
naturally because of Freddy Krueger, the crazy knife wielding, knife handed, knife gloved (laughs) fucking dream man, dream man who gets you in your sleep. So she knows it's Freddy Krueger again because he torments all of them in their sleep. Mm -hmm. So basically what she does through the entire movie, she's trying not to sleep. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause, and she's trying to keep her boyfriend, who lives across the street, from falling asleep. So she pounds a bunch of coffee, takes a shit ton of, like, Adderall or No-Dose or something oh, to Jesus. keep her awake. Mm-hmm. But then she fucking, like, booby traps the house so that she can trap and kill him. So as to keep herself and everyone else alive. Yeah. Which is why it's such a good movie. It's so good. <laughs> There's a paint like, can coming down from the stairs. <laughs> Look, Knox it's Freddy Krueger. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's just all of those, like, slapstick, hilarious, like, people falling over things, mm-hmm. um, getting hit with fucking, like, doors and shit. There's an element of slapstick to it that's, like, I just want to watch Freddy Krueger get beaten up by <laughs> random objects. It tickles me. Okay. Now we're in the 1990s, and this is when Wes Craven created his 1996 meta slasher, Mm -hmm. Scream. It's the year I was born. (laughs) (laughs) That hurt. I felt that one straight in my soul. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Have you seen Scream? No. I've seen Scary Movie, and that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> makes fun of Scream. I, I can't. Okay, so. <laughs> school you a little bit. So Scream. I've seen, I've seen the end of it. I haven't seen the beginning because it used to play on MTV during Halloween, and I would only be able to catch the ending. Gotcha. Okay. Because you were at school. It is on Netflix. Oh. You have to watch it. It's so good. Okay. So, yeah. Scream <laughs> is a film all about plainly stating the rules of a slasher film. Yes. Okay, that's why it's yeah, so I meta. Seen it. So the premise is there's a killer, mm-hmm. but Jamie Kennedy, the fucking nerd film nerd that he is, throughout the whole movie is like, you can't say this, you can't do this. This is the next thing that happens because he loves horror movies. Mm-hmm. So he knows the final girl trope in and out yeah and knows what's going to happen next and how you you'd never leave a room and say i'll be right back yeah all of those things yeah. i think i have seen scream okay and i remember it because it was on mtv and then afterwards they did a like documentary type thing with like talking heads okay talking about why scream was so iconic oh and one of that was one of the reasons that they mentioned and also the fact that they had drew barrymore mm-hmm. and it was like big star yep like she was in her prime like oh obviously she's gonna be the vile uh-huh. final girl and then she and then wasn't exactly and it was like immediately setting the standard of like this is not going to be the same exactly i, have, I think i have seen yep it. you should just revisit it because yeah, it I, is so good i was i think 13 or like 14 okay yeah so it's been a while okay wow so amongst all of the like <laughs> subversions in this <laughs> film and pointing out, like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. We know what's going to happen every step of the way because Jamie Kennedy is telling us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but the biggest fuck you to tradition is when Sidney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell, has sex. <gasps> but not only the not only has sex, but she's losing her virginity on screen. Like, 
in a sex scene that is, it's not demonized. It's not gratuitous. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's portrayed very much as like a boyfriend and a girlfriend are consenting and having this experience together and it's lovely and not in like a weird way. Mm-hmm. But that's, like, a giant middle finger to, like, boom, bitches, suck on it, right? But also... (laughs) She had sex. She did. Spoiler alert. She did suck on it. You didn't get my sex. (laughs) I don't think Sydney Prescott does that. I'm just saying. I couldn't let it go. (laughs) You were going to blow past my joke of her sucking it, and I couldn't let it happen. Thank you. I really appreciate that you just shoved it in my face. And sucked it. Blowjob jokes. That's what we're about, people. Okay, what were you saying before? Anyway, what I was trying to fucking say was not only is she having sex and losing her virginity, but the person she loses her virginity to is one of the killers. So, bringing it back around to having a previous, like, having a relationship, a connection to the killer. Mm. Which is like holy shit, this is a huge death sentence. Like, she has just been stamped as, well, she's not going to survive this movie. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, while sex is usually a death sentence, it isn't for Sydney, who is smart. She's, like, goth light because she wears a lot of black, (laughs) but is just, like, you know, kind of smart and kind of nerdy. Like, she's 100% not Rose McGowan, who Mm -hmm. is, like, super sexed, right? Yeah. And she's able to take out the bad guy, like, kills him. In fact, like, what's it? She double taps him to make sure he's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was able to survive an entire film franchise. Mm-hmm. Which is, I watched Scream 2 for the first time the other night, and I was like, well, that was fucking nuts. <laughs> like, I don't know how Nev Campbell does it, but she did it for four movies? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, it's real, I, she's she's great. Okay, so this is the last one. It's a much more recent example. It's from 2015. And also, just, again, would like to put out there, if you haven't seen this movie, it's on Netflix. Like, go watch it right now. So, this is, the most recent example is Thomason, hmm. who is played by, what's her name? Anna Taylor-Joy. Okay. Who was great in the movie The Witch. Oh, I haven't seen this. It will. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's set in colonial New England. Thomason's family has been, like, uh, cast out by their community. Like, they're in this, you know, plantation uh, of essentially pilgrims. Yeah. Right? And because of... We're, we're led to believe that because of, like, religious zealousness or something along those lines, they're, you know... Cast. What the Cast fuck is away. the word for Exiled. It? Exiled. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I could not think of it. So they're exiled from the group. So they have to go out in the middle of nowhere and, like, build a farm and a house and, like, start again. All of this happens... So they're, they've, they've built a home on the edge of the forest. After her baby brother, who is presumably less than a year old, he's not baptized. That is a 
key point. So after her baby brother goes missing, she's accused of witchcraft by her shitty younger siblings. Mm. And she is super pious. Like, the whole family is very pious. She, like, you can tell this by what she wears. It's white and she's caring for her younger siblings and doing all of these things. But her mother is distraught yeah. about this baby being gone. So she's being accused of witchcraft. Meanwhile, an actual fucking witch <laughs> deep in the woods is causing havoc. And so it's just this like slow slide into everyone in her family going crazy, but then also dying off one by one Mm. like i said she endures vicious ridicule from her mother and each of her family dies off one at a time in a very interesting fashion or another (laughs) and so when that finally happens when she's the only one left she then makes a deal with satan strips off her pious white frock and walks naked into the forest to join a coven of witches. <laughs> <laughs> so, final girl in the, like, you know, yeah. 1980s, like, exa- not example, but like, you know, this is what makes a final girl. Mm-hmm. She does not necessarily fit that. However, she is a final girl who represents reclaiming agency. So she now has freedom from her overbearing family and religion Mm -hmm. and is in charge and makes her own fucking decisions about her own body and mind. Mm -hmm. So as we, as I said before, like the final girl has evolved Mm -hmm. very much in the last, you know, 40 or 50 years. This is a great example of it. So monsters and murderers um, change faces and evolve, but the final girl has always been there. As long as there are things that go bump in the night, she will be there, weapon in hand, ready to prove that women are not helpless damsels in need of rescue, but are strong, capable survivors who can outsmart and outlast the real horror, patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) I had a mic. Boom. (laughs) Mic drop. That was good. (laughs) I'm going to go watch scary movies now. Yes. That is all I want to do. All of October, I just want to sit on the couch with a blanket and eat candy corn. Mm-hmm. And watch, and watch scary, scary movies. movies. For today, I'm going to go pick up my toilet bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go be sick. I feel pretty happy about that. I'm really, I did a lot of, I did a lot of deep dives. Oh, I used a little bit of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Sage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, a couple different... I have them. A couple different articles. There was, let's see, this one was from Film School Rejects. Mm-hmm. It's the history and transformation of the final girl. And then the other one was one from the New York Times that I forgot to <laughs> write down. But it was something about final girls. I think the final girl trope is very interesting, it's especially because of the way that horror movies use women's bodies or like mm-hmm. women's roles in general mm-hmm. to they exploit the body to Abs- make 100%. things scarier or make things mm-hmm. like eh, mm-hmm. 
sexy and scary because you got to mix sex and gore. Exactly. It's it's and it's very interesting. The books that book men, women, and chainsaws. Mm-hmm. I'd really be interested in reading the whole book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the dichotomy, like there's there's just so many things to like unpack. Mm-hmm. There's the whole like. It spe- specifically in slasher films, like, them using a big phallic weapon yeah. that has to be, what did I say, thrust yeah. into a body. Yeah. That's and a whole thing. There was a bit in the introduction of that book that I read that mm-hmm. I'll just say now. The reason why they decided to make, like, directors chose to make it the final girl mm-hmm. and not like, oh, oh my god, mm-hmm. not like the final guy or whatever, is because to see a man that vulnerable and, like, afraid was exactly repulsive. Like, it Uh wasn't seen as correct or right to the viewers. And so that's why the girl became that role, because they can both show weakness and vulnerability, but also be taken seriously as somebody who's, like, strong and, Uh like, having to fight back because we women have had to fight for everything we got. Mm -hmm. We weren't weren't given the right to vote. We fought for that right. Exactly. Stuff like that. Exactly. It's just really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Like, the role of... The role of women in horror movies as both a victim and a survivor and just how, like, feminism... Yeah. There's just two ways, uh-huh. you know, there's these, these these men who are doing reviews of films <laughs> and stuff and going, oh, well, you know, she's not doing this because of blah, blah, blah. But then there's a feminist side of it and who's like, no, it's being depicted this way because it means this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's empowering for women. And we're not just sex objects and people to murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's really and fascinating. It's, and like, even... Even like as the final girl, as a win, as mm-hmm. like look at how look at how great we can be. Mm-hmm. There's it's always it always is on the other end of the spectrum of the whore, and it's like okay, women can be that strong, exactly. but if you if you enjoy sex or if mm-hmm. you like this, you're good, you're bad, exactly. and you're exactly the killed. fucking Madonna whore complex yeah. is riddled in horror films. Yeah, yeah, man, we should just start a podcast about <laughs> <laughs> women in horror. But I'm sure there are a ton oh. of them. I just haven't. I Spend too much time re-listening to Belinda Blinked <laughs> to to really delve deep into other things. Uh, all right, that's all we got yep. for today. Sure is. If you liked this episode, you can go ahead and um, rate, review, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. And also, you can follow us on our social medias. On Twitter, we are at Broads Got Moxie, and on Instagram and Facebook, we are at That Broads Got Moxie. Mm-hmm. And if you have anything you want to say to us directly, or you know, you got thoughts and feelings, go ahead and sh- shoot us an email at thatbroadsgotmoxie at gmail dot com. That's right. That's all we got. Okay. Bye. Bye. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick it to the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.